and welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Podcast. My name is Victoria Rush. Here, I'll be talking to marketing leaders in the recruitment industry, discussing their careers in recruitment, passions for marketing, and the challenges and successes they have faced along the way. My aim for this podcast is to share the opinions and insights of a variety of experts from across the recruitment marketing landscape. I'll be discussing their experiences and learns while building recruitment brands around the world. Welcome back to the Recruitment Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Rush, and today I'm joined by James Hornick, who is partner at HireWell, based in Chicago, Illinois. James, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Victoria. Thanks for having me. No problem. Please, can you start by telling everybody who you are, what it is that you do, um, and a bit about HireWell for us? Sure thing. So, uh, yeah, James Hornick's my name, based in Chicago. Um, I've been a recruiter for almost uh, almost 20 years now. I joined HireWell back in 2005. I'm one of the partners in the organization. Um, we've grown uh, the company from the time I started was roughly four people. Now we're just over 55. We're locally focused here. And um, I would say our service line, one of the things about us is that we're very broad kind of our reach. So we build out several different um, teams specialized in different areas of recruiting. So we started way back when we were a tiny firm, mostly in technology recruiting, but that expanded. Uh, we do HR recruiting, we do sales recruiting, we do finance and accounting recruiting. And about five years ago, I actually, one of my colleagues, uh, Don Maragos, we built out our marketing recruiting practice, which has really been uh, kind of my passion, both from the standpoint of recruiting in the marketing field, but also building out the marketing function from everything we gain from that here at HireWell. So I lead to the initiatives we do in terms of content content marketing, everything else as well, too, which has been a lot of fun. So how did you end up in the recruitment industry? It's a good question. I think that um, when I first started my career it was the early 2000s. And uh, I don't know how much you remember about that era, but it was a really bad time in terms of the economy and, and, <laughs> and technology. So I actually started my career initially working for WorldCom, which if you fan of the history books, was one of the if it weren't for Enron, everybody would remember WorldCom better, but it was a, obviously a, a major debacle. Um, then the whole 9-11.com crash happened, everything else. So honestly, it was, it was kind of a tough start to your career working in technology sales at a time where tech was taking a nosedive. And I did have a couple experiences working in tech sales at that point in time where you, know, you, you sell stuff to people and then sometimes it just doesn't work. And it's a terrible feeling knowing that, you know, you, you did your job in good faith, but in terms of the, the, the client that you had, um, you know, it didn't, didn't really work out well for them, which is why I want to make a slight pivot into recruiting field, because um, at least at the end of the day, you're, you're still solving client problems. You're also helping people at the same time, too. So it was very, especially early on working in tech, kind of tech recruiting, it was just a different spin and kind of a different path where I felt I was doing my own fulfillment. And if things worked out, it was because of me. If things didn't work out, it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of some piece of technology that I was selling was junk. So that's probably how I got into it, at least to start. So it's changed a lot probably since you uh, since you got in and definitely cut your teeth at a really tough time. Um, for marketers, how do you think the industry has changed in recruitment? How do you think the, the importance of marketing has changed for you, especially as a recruiter from where you began to where you are now? 
Yeah, it's a good question. And um, I guess I should, the best way to answer it is I think my own personal experience, kind of how we got into uh, marketing and recruiting and marketing. As I mentioned, we, we started out, HireRoll is very much a tech-focused recruiting firm. We did get into HR recruiting maybe 10 or 12 years back. We didn't get into marketing recruiting until about five years ago. And the reason why we got into it was we noticed there was a big shift in terms of a lot of companies. I mean, the buzzword at the time was digital transformations, right? right? So digital marketing had been around for a long time within e-commerce shops and within like the big name kind of sexy consumer brands. But it was roughly that time frame where we noticed a lot of B2B companies, a lot of companies that were not you know, consumer focused or not places that roll off your tongue, but were still very big, successful companies started making their first initial digital kind of build outs. We were fortunate enough that we had some insight in a few places where we were able to help them kind of in short order place 20, 30, 40 people. And for me, it was just an interesting way of getting, it was kind of a breath of fresh air, to be honest. I've been doing tech recruiting for so long. Marketing was such a more fun kind of area to get into because it's more focused on when you're, when you're talking to candidates and you're talking to people, you have to truly understand what business problems they're solving as opposed to just looking, you know, from a technology standpoint, what they've worked with. So there's like another level of vetting that goes on, but also it's, it gives you insight into more of the business side of the world, so to speak, as opposed to just, you know, um, like, again, this kind of, I always think tech recruiting is being a little more keyword search, whereas marketing recruiting is much more, you have to deep dive, understand kind of the business challenges that people are solving. And and how do you think that helped you guys understand the benefits of marketing for your business? So as, as recruiters? Yeah. So every day I would talk to people who are broad based or different backgrounds within digital. So I talk to SEO people, content people, you know, paid acquisition specialists, CRM analytics, kind of you name it. And you're, I'm talking to people at companies that I'd never heard of before that are finding interesting ways of using all this kind of new, you know, uh, newish, I should say, digital marketing technology and everything else. And then you have a sudden realization, like, why aren't we doing this? You know, everyone else is finding a way to, to make this benefit their business. And I, I look at our industry and there's not many people who are doing it. So it was, just, it was kind of a breath of fresh air for me, you know, first kind of getting into recruiting for marketing, but then actually like, how can we apply this to what we're doing? And, you know, it, it's really just kind of taking, I, I think the best thing about it is you don't have to be a true innovator, you just have to kind of steal things from other industries, right? So if you find what people are doing successful, you're talking to every day in some other aspect of the world, and just trying to figure out how you can kind of apply that to to what Hirewell is doing or to what your firm is doing. And, you know, I always joke that recruiting is not the most progressive industry with this stuff. It's a good way of getting your name out there, better articulating your value. Ultimately, it's a better way of making sales than, you know, just bothering people, which is still the MO for a lot of recruitment firms, I think. Yeah, isn't it just? And you're right. You because recruitment is so far behind in so many ways. You can just go and find the best bits from other industries, take the ideas and apply them to our industry because there is very little progressive marketing going on. There is very little innovation. Um, we still think that the idea of AI and chatbots is is crazy new invention for recruitment, but other industries have had it for years. It's you know it's. It's not that not that unheard of, but out for recruitment, everything is unheard of. So if you can find one good idea and you can make it work, then just steal it and run with it. I think it's probably actually a very good piece of yeah. advice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the nature of, I think our industry in general is very short-term revenue focused. And I think that's where it all stems from. So a lot of the largest firms, you know, the big powerhouse firms, some of them are publicly traded. Some of them are just, they're just always have done things the way they've done previously. And they still look at things in terms of, you know, they use outdated KPIs. So they're worried about how many calls people are making or how many touches there are people they're talking to, as opposed to worrying about engagement, as opposed to worrying about like actually like, 
building relationships with people, which is a longer term process. But I, I think it's the same thing when it comes to choosing a more marketing focused BD approach than raw sales is understanding that if you want to build an environment where people are going to come find you as opposed to where you're just bothering people over and over again, it's going to take some time and effort, but also kind of a change in your thinking. And you know, I think that good marketing is really just a, a matter of offering to help people without having strings attached. You know, that's really kind of the basis of a lot of content marketing and just building goodwill. And I think that's it's such a dramatic shift in terms of the mindsets of a lot of people who run these larger firms. And it's not to just throw everything on the largest firms out there because a lot of small firms are pretty progressive too, but yeah. that's where most people start, right? So people coming right out of school, their first job to go to work for a large firm, they're never really exposed to progressive thinking. So that kind of like short-term thinking, transactional thinking kind of perpetuates within the industry just because um, that's how you know the, the overwhelming majority of people get their start in their career. And it's they're never really truly challenged to think outside the box early on. And one of the big hot topics, as we know at the moment, is podcasting. Uh, one of the reasons that you're here as well. And you guys at Hirewell have a podcast, don't you? What What was it that kind of drew you to setting that up? What kind of benefits have your business had? Because I know a lot of agencies who think about doing it or who start them get about five episodes in and kind of give up because it's it's harder than it looks. It, hard, it is harder yeah. than just sitting here and having this conversation. Well, I think that there's a couple things to it. So one, I, I think people struggle with content marketing because they sell themselves short on how much they know. Um, yeah. Like you and I, we're recruiters. We talk to other recruiters all day. We think that there's an easy trap to fall into where everything that you know in your head is common sense. You know, like this is something yeah. you've had with anyone else. Like no one else is going to find this insightful, but it's really not true at all because the other 99% of the world, like a lot of the concepts that maybe you repeat over and over again yeah. to your or to colleagues you talk to, like they've never heard before. So even some of the most stuff that you might find kind of mundane is going to be interesting to other people. So I think yeah. first it starts with realizing you have more to say than you realize. So I think that the way that we first got into it, there was, I was speaking at an event, um, it was almost a year ago now at this point where it, it was a, I was talking about a lot of the stuff I talked about today, like how marketing has evolved. It was a Chicago American Marketing Association conference, like a 10 minute speech. And I thought, yeah. you know what? They're, I'm noticing people are starting to use videos on LinkedIn. I should just like cut a promo with it. So I did like a little selfie video. Nice. Um, you realize that wasn't hard. And I had like a whole ton of people like interact with it, you know? So kind of starting there, we, it was just a matter of like, I'm going to try to challenge myself to do a video every week videos a week. And the next thing you know, you realize that, you know, you, you see the Gary V content model of, you know, you should make long form content, you know, you should do what Joe Rogan does, you have a podcast, you video the podcast, and then you realize like, this is probably a lot easier. So why don't we just like, pick a few topics, have a few people here internally talk about stuff, turn it into a podcast, video the thing. And then LinkedIn Live came out at the same time, too. And you're like, why not just do the whole thing? Why do it live, put it yeah. on YouTube. And it's it's a lot easier to to do that and have um you know, the, a lot of the best points that you'll make are things you didn't plan on. It's just kind of a natural organic conversation you have with yeah. people. It's also easier to do it when you're talking with somebody else. You don't have to think about, it's not like planning a speech. It's just like, hey, here's three points, which just kind of riff off them. And it ends up, if, you're, if your end goal is to publish content on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever, it's a faster way and less effort intensive way to iterate. And it's better for the end user, I think. So I, I agree. And, and and taking that Gary V model, like you said, it's about um, create. Uh, what was it? Document, don't create. It's just the more you do, the more content you'll have. And like you said, generally, the best things you say are when you're one to one or you're just kind of you're, you're just flowing through a conversation. There will be 30 seconds out of an hour. That's actually yeah. the most useful thing. And you could never have planned to say it. 
it just happens to be kind of the light bulb moment when it comes into your head and that's the thing that you can share um, yeah. and then and that one hour long speech a 120 minute speech can be broken down into linkedin tiktok instagram um instagram tv all of that kind of stuff you've got podcasts and everything else and like you said we we forget that one 20 minute speech can be an entire month's worth of content across all those different platforms yeah. just because you cut it down into different pieces. But instead, people think that everything has to be perfectly brand new. Every time you post something, it's got to be a new video. You can't use a different, a same conversation twice, but you can as long as you use it with a purpose and different yeah. pieces of it. Yeah, it's it's funny because I even go back and look at my earliest content, which was just, you know, me talking, giving kind of a monologue. Now it's just like, oh God, this is terrible. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny how much things have changed in the past year on LinkedIn because, you know, those videos got a lot of engagement because a year ago there was barely anybody posting any videos. Yeah. And now it's just, it just snowballed, like everyone's doing it. So, yeah. which I think is a great thing because now you, you're, you could get away with stuff not being as good of a year ago, not now you actually have to put some thought into it and you have to edit yeah. it well and it definitely rewards people who have something to say versus people who are just kind of talking high level about you know motivational nonsense yeah. you know, whatever <laughs> like they have to have like tactical advice so it it makes you you have to put a little more planning into it but you also it's like i said if you take the conversational format it's even it's less effort than i think uh trying to do the old monologue type Riff, yeah, so. definitely. And and actually, when you say you look back at your first videos, you cringe now, but you have yeah. to be willing to suck at it. And I yeah. think people forget that your first three to six months, you're going to be crap at whatever you start. You just oh, yeah. are. You can't expect to be perfect at it, but you've got to start. The sooner you start, the better you will get. And that's just, why it's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think that's why so many people struggle is because like they do, like you mentioned, they, you, you do maybe three or four or five posts or videos and then you kind of crap out or podcast or whatever, because they're, you know, they go back, they listen to them, they're cringeworthy. And like, you know, I just suck at this. I'm never going to get it. It's yeah. not, no one's listening to it. It's not any good, but you just have to kind of push through, you know, like you, it's, it's a learning process more than anything. So like, I never would have thought that I would be a, a podcaster or someone who even show my, like, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever taken a selfie photo before I started like putting stuff on LinkedIn. You know, I'm just not that guy. Like if you go to my other social yeah. media accounts, I got nothing, you know, at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's just, I think when it when it comes to I, I love giving doing videos and things that actually have like a tactical purpose. I think like I'm big on takeaways. You know, every every speech, every post, every something should give something you take away. People should be able to get something out of it or something they can actually execute on, which I, I'd personally like to see more of um, out of everyone else. But I think once you start doing that, what I enjoy is that when I post something and I can tell that someone actually got some value out of it. You know, it kind of it's. it's personally satisfying just to know that, you know, back to my earlier point, like, you know, more than you realize, it's fun to see yeah. that, like, some of these things that you were, you know, hoarding in your own mind for, for whatever reason, you know, can actually have an impact on other people. So I've talked about that a lot. The value recruiters have in their heads is unbelievable. And you have, say you have five useful conversations a day, be it clients or candidates, you're going to be repeating yourself at some stage during those conversations. You, if you work well in one market, you will have a lot of knowledge about that area. So instead yeah. of just holding on to it for those one conversation, why aren't you putting it online where at the moment, like the organic reach on LinkedIn can can be millions of people, if not tens of thousands at least. Yeah. Use the knowledge you've got and start sharing it. Your reach will go far further than those crappy automated emails that you've been sending out to candidates about jobs and start saying something useful. People will come back to you and your job will be so much easier because of it. But 
we store it in our heads and don't yeah. communicate to more than one person at a time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny because it's more, more of a selfish purpose. Like I, I love to get to the point, like I hate, I hate sending emails, you know, but it's still like, yeah. I'm in, I'm in business development. It's still part of your job. So like, I think like <laughs> the ultimate goal is to get, I, everyone's just over it, you know, and people, um, I like meeting people on their grounds and having like real conversations with them. And if, uh, I think that's one of the things that really drags our industry down is just the amount of spam that's out there. And if I could eventually completely detach myself from ever having to help out in the future, like that'd be great. So I'm pretty sure that's everyone's aim is that nobody <laughs> wants to send emails anymore. And that's almost why we now send mass emails is because we don't want to sit and spend time writing a handful of useful ones and just send 150, 200 emails to get it over and done with. And it, it doesn't work that way, but, like you've said, if you can create the right kind of content, putting it out there to then have inbound leads, people coming to you. And I know I know marketers that do it that are creating inbound leads for their business through creating content as an individual online. And we need to get to yeah. that point where recruiters aren't scared of what to say and aren't posting things like new vacancy, new mandate, email me, all yeah. that kind of crap. But I don't know, that has to go. But actually... I started- I started unfollowing people who just post like their jobs. Oh, it drives like, me nuts. I, I get it. I get that it's your job, but it is your job to have jobs. Say something useful. Go out yeah. there and say something that's meaningful. So when that you when you do have vacancies, you don't need to post, I have an open job. You know the five best people in the market already to talk to because you already communicate with them on a daily basis about yeah. other things. I think a lot of it comes down to the point I was making earlier about, you know, people who work at these kind of regressive transactional short-term thinking firms, like the idea for most recruiters to get involved in content marketing, like one, I don't know if they'd be allowed, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, you know, they're probably being pressured to just, you have to like fill this role, make this job. Like at what point in their day, you know, I, I'm lucky I'm afforded because I'm a partner here that I can spend time doing this and it's something yeah. I can invest in. And I'm sure there's a lot of other firms out there that are good that would love to have their recruiters doing these types of things. But yeah. I think that's not the reality for for a lot of places. And, you know, it's it's at the same time, too, I'm, I'm kind of glad because, you know, at some point it's um, one thing I've learned about marketing is that you have to if, if you and I'm, I'm saying this from the standpoint of I think recruiters are marketers. They just don't realize it yet. Yeah. And I think that if you're anybody who's in like real marketing, okay, as, as a marketing professional probably knows that if your senior management isn't bought into what you're doing, you're pretty much wasting your time because there's some people who just never get it. And I think that's unfortunately where a lot of um, recruiters find themselves is that even if they wanted to start doing content marketing or start want to do things that are more progressive outside of the box, if their recruiting manager or the head of their recruiting organization isn't 100% behind them, they're just going to get shot down. So um, as much as I think that in the last year, things have really progressed on LinkedIn with more people getting involved in doing these types of things, posting videos, like most of them still aren't recruiters. There's still not many of them yeah. doing this. And I think that's the main reason why is because, you know, I guess the two things. So one, like you said, there's the, the people who are afraid they suck at it and never want to get past that point. And two, it's it's people who just aren't really afforded the opportunity because they're at a firm that won't let them really. So marketers know how to do it. This is the other thing is there is always usually a marketer in the business who actually can help, but it's whether or not they're allowed to go and spend that much time with a handful of individuals who want to do it and be able to upskill them as a recruiter to know what to do online. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do it until I started spending time doing it. So how is a recruiter ever expected to know what to do online until somebody helps them 
They're not yeah. copywriters. They're not video creators. They're not, that's not their job. That's a marketer's yeah. job. So if, if we can start spending time with recruiters and actually teaching them how to do it, yeah. rather than just expecting them to know better, we've got half a chance of recruiters starting to create some real content. One thing, so I guess two things. One, you're you're 100% correct. Like the only reason why I'm doing this is because I started recruiting these people, you know, and yeah. because I started talking to them every day. And you just kind of yeah. through osmosis start figuring that out and you start piecing the things together. Two, I, I will say the only counterpoint to, to what you mentioned is that there are so many recruiters out there who I'm sure if you went to their Facebook or Twitter or Instagram pages, like they're probably really active on social media, yeah. you know, they post stuff all the time. You can find out about their, but when it comes to actually something that will potentially benefit them and make them money, it's like this like fear block. They're afraid their friends yeah. are going to make fun of them, you know, yeah. like, oh, I saw your post on LinkedIn. What do you think you're going to expert, you know, like, or, or whatever. <laughs> I think that, I mean, that was me. Like first thing I post, I had like, oh, like five of my friends, like sending me screen yeah. first video, yeah, like, yeah. So look at I. this loser, you know, but and then you just have to keep going with it to the point where they realize it's not going to stop. But I think, I think that fears too. I think there's a lot of people who actually could be good at this and realize that they actually they are good enough of a copywriter and social media savvy enough, but there is that additional kind of fear of putting themselves out there in the business world, which is different than putting themselves out there in the personal world. And you're right. There is that judgment from friends. Like the first time I sent or I posted, started posting a lot more on LinkedIn, I had friends saying, oh, what are you doing? Like you said, oh, so you know a lot about this now then. Yeah. It's like a statement. But actually, the longer I've gone on doing it, the more people are going, oh, I'm really proud of what you're doing. And you're thinking, well, it's taken you 12 months to have that mindset shift. Yeah. 12 months ago, you were telling me I look like an idiot. And I don't get me wrong, I definitely do at some points. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to hide from that. But it's that fear of judgment but if you can get through the first four weeks of that yeah people will start to listen yeah no i completely agree i think part of it was too is like there i had a few friends like who probably had no idea what i do you know and after the first video they were like oh you know the same kind of reaction but after a while like um i start getting questions for them like job search questions or i need to hire somebody my team question and you know i had a couple people like mention wait you actually kind of you know what you're talking about because like in my regular life i'm just you know, they don't, we don't talk about business ever, you know, no, so you don't, do you? I don't, I don't, I don't know what they do either, you know? So it's like, but I, it was, that was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting development with some of my personal relationships anyway. So, uh, so now your family know what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you think podcasting and, and creating content that way has impacted the brand for you? You know, it's, it absolutely has. We, we didn't really start tracking our, our pure inbound before last year. So it would, it would take a lot of work to go back, but by kind of just giving an eyeball look at the numbers, like we definitely probably doubled our inbound business last year across the firm. And it's and the thing is, I think we're still in our infancy, right? I think there's yeah. certain things we do really well. We've, we've done a good job of being consistent and, being helpful and putting good content out there. You know, I think there's a lot more we have to do in terms of like honing in on our messaging. There's a lot of things we could do in terms of getting other people here involved. So there's still a lot of kind of potential upside. But I I think without knowing, like I said, without knowing what the numbers were previously, because it would be a monumental task of trying to figure that out. Like we could see just from the amount of kind of inbound um, leads we've gotten, it's definitely increased a lot. And like I said, if, you know, if we can can see that continue to increase the less outbound you have to do like it's you know that's when you're living the dream so to speak so that's every exactly that is everyone's dream my last question for you today james is what do you wish you knew at the beginning of your career that you do know now oh that's a good one um you know i i don't 
from a standpoint of like, if I could go back and do it again, I don't know if there's anything I'd change. But if I knew if you could be one of those people who decided to get into content like 10 years ago, right, as opposed to yeah. a year or two years ago, um, you know, because ultimately, like we were talking about Gary Vee before, like he was just a guy who was selling wine online, right? Like he wasn't this content guru until and you become that like if if I would have been able to kind of foresee the way that social media can amplify like a positive message um, and understood how it could have impacted business here, I would have gotten into it a lot sooner. If I would have had as good of an understanding of like data and segmentation, we do a lot here and we've been talking mostly about content, but, you know, um, in the past few years here, we've also done a lot more in terms of kind of better organizing our database, making things more structured. That way our outreach can be much more tailored and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I would have gone back and, and taken a few class, like SQL classes and become like a data guy. But um, I think that um, having a better understanding of both, you know, the data side and the content side sooner in my career would have been a huge benefit. Brilliant. James, thanks very much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs>